Welcome to the Mother Nurture Podcast, hosted by Dr. Andrea Rosario, functional neurologist and doctor of chiropractic, specializing in functional medicine, caring for individuals and families with chronic conditions for over 15 years. Hi there, Andrea Rosario here today. I am going to be sharing with you a tale as old as time, which we'll just title it Fight or Flight and the Story of the Messed Up Hormones. That sounds about right. So this tale as old as time is something that I hear constantly in my clinical practice, especially from women. And that is that their hormones are messed up or they feel like their hormones are messed up and either the tests come back normal or they've been working and treating the the glands and the hormones and it's just not helping, something sounding like any of the following. I swear I have a thyroid problem, but the tests come back that everything is just fine. Or I'm having hellish menopause, perimenopause, or PMS symptoms. Or every time I eat, I want sweets afterwards. Or every time I eat, I want to take a nap. Or I don't eat like a diabetic, but somehow I am diabetic or pre-diabetic. Or if I go too long between meals, I get hangry, shaky, nauseous, dizzy, any of those things, those blood sugar issues. Or Oftentimes it's, I swear to you, I have adrenal fatigue. I check off all of the symptoms and I have been treating this for years, but I do not feel any better. These are so, so common. I can't even tell you. And I just want to shout this from the rooftops. So if you know anybody that is having these problems, please share this podcast with them because we are going to go down into the nitty gritty of why this is happening, why you're not getting any better, and what the overlooked aspect of all these hormonal symptoms often is. So I'm going to just give a little sneak peek and tell you that oftentimes the problem is not actually with the glands that secrete the hormones, but it's actually with your brain and its signaling axis that tells the glands what to do. So it could be telling your glands that you have too much thyroid hormone when you actually have too little. It's telling it, stop, you don't need any more, stop producing. The same can happen with all of your glands that secrete all of the hormones. And so oftentimes it's actually a brain signaling problem and nobody's addressing that, which is insane to me. So I wanted to bring this topic to you today because it is so incredibly common to be stuck in fight or flight mode because of the society that we live in and the stress load that we all endure from day to day. And it is so incredibly common for your brain to be missignaling down to all of your hormone secreting glands. Before I can get into what that looks like exactly, I do want to go down a little bit of a neurology rabbit hole with you. And I want to tell you how this brain signaling can happen in the first place. So the signaling system is called the HPA axis. H stands for hypothalamus, P stands for pituitary, A stands for adrenal. You don't need to know all of that. We're just going to call it the HPA axis. 
But truthfully, if the naming was up to me, I would be naming it the HHPA axis, which is a little bit of a tongue twister, quite honestly. So that's maybe why it's not named that way. But I would include the hippocampus in that signaling axis within the brain because it plays a huge role in proper signaling to your hormone secreting glands. We're going to go more into this hippocampus here momentarily, but I just want you to know when I say HPA, just in your mind, think of it like H squared PA, okay? Because this hippocampus is super duper important. So the hippocampus is part of the limbic system, as is the hypothalamus, actually. So that limbic system is a lot of your emotional regulation and processing. Okay. It's also, the hippocampus is also in charge of some of your memory integration as well. What we need to know is there are a couple of ways we could be having trouble with our hippocampus. I'm going to talk to you about something that can happen in childhood. And then I'm going to talk to you about the adult occurrences that can affect our hippocampus and therefore affect our brain signaling to all of our hormone systems. So put your nerdy cap on, buckle up for a minute, because I have to go there for you to really understand what is happening so that you can fix it. Okay. So in that first five years of life, you are mostly as a young child operating out of the right side of your brain. Your left side of your brain is not functioning very well at that point at all. And so most of the function is in the right side of your brain. So if you have trauma or stress in your home or abuse of any kind, any kind of um, lack of safety and security during those first five formative years, then you are more likely to not develop well in that right side of your brain, and specifically in that hippocampus on the right side of your brain. Why? Because that hippocampus basically is in charge of your limbic system and your emotional processing. And so when you basically have trauma during those years, that's why you don't have a whole heck of a lot of memories in your first five years, whether you have trauma or not. But that hippocampus gets really stunted by the cortisol, the stress hormone that is secreted during that time. Okay. And then it really does not develop the way that it's supposed to. So with all of that being said, with that development not happening as well as it should, you end up with some unintegrated memories and some emotional processing issues. So when you don't have proper emotional processing capabilities because that hippocampus was stunted by early stress, then you can end up with feeling emotionally out of control and that further stresses you out. That further kicks out more cortisol, which is the stress hormone. That cortisol, no matter what your age, shuts down the hippocampus function further. And then you end up because you've got a cortisol swing with some sleep issues. You don't get that good rapid eye movement sleep, which helps you further process emotions. So that rapid eye movement sleep helps you process the emotions. You're not getting that because the cortisol and because the cortisol is also shutting down that hippocampus, you're not integrating and processing your emotions, which is more stressful, which leads to more cortisol. Can you see how this is sort of a 
continuing loop here. On top of that emotional processing negative loop that we have going there, you're also going to tend towards having a little bit of an attachment issue. Well, I say a little bit. Some people, they don't have any attachment issue and some people have a big one. So there's a wide spectrum here. But what that looks like is perhaps because that right hippocampus is not formed really well, you may not always respond with a proper tone of voice or your posture or your movement or your touch or your facial expressions. Sometimes these are off because of the processing that is lacking since that hippocampus is not well developed. That can come out in relationships in general. It can come out like in work environments. It can come out interpersonal relationships, but it certainly definitely comes out in your mothering. You may not even be aware that you do it, but if you do have a stunted, developed, right hippocampus from that first five years of trauma, every once in a while, not uncommon actually, unfortunately, you don't have the same attachment with your baby. So that doesn't happen across the board, like I said, but it is something that can happen. And I'm bringing it up here in the interest of being complete. I just want to be complete because I want to share with you how important that hippocampus is. Yes, we're talking about hormones here, but that first five years of life is so incredibly important that I really wanted to dive into that a little bit deeper and then make this connection for you. I'm not sure if you've heard of the ACEs study, that's Adverse Childhood Experiences. It was put on by Kaiser many years ago, and it basically asks some questions about experiences that you can have in your childhood that are negative and have long-term demonstrable negative health impacts. As you grow into an adult, you're more likely to have chronic complicated diseases If you had these childhood experiences, if you don't know about that study, you should look it up. The questions are super easy to find. You could just type in to Google. I never tell people to Google, but I'm telling you now, um, Kaiser ACEs study, and you can answer those questions for yourself and see how likely you are to be in that area of long-term kind of chronic disease due to early experiences. And the reason why, again, I'm bringing this up is because That hippocampus and that hippocampus development in your first five years affects your hormone signaling. And if your hormones are off, you are going to have chronic disease. So I'm just making that connection for you. They just knew that adverse childhood experiences had an effect on long-term health, but I'm telling you why. It's because that right hippocampus, that right brain in general is not as well developed after you've had trauma in that first five years, and it messes your hormone system up. And if that doesn't get addressed, you're going to end up with lots of complications, lots of symptoms, lots of ailments, and in some cases, diseases. So I'm just being Dr. Debbie Downer today, but trying to help you with the connections on this and hoping that it enlightens you as to ways that you might want to go about some of your own struggles in a new light and hopefully with new positive outcomes. So bear with me. Okay. So that first five years, again, super duper important, but then what happens even if you had an idyllic first five years, if you then have 
a really awful marriage or you were in the military and you got stationed away at war or you have a really incredibly stressful job, whatever the case may be, that chronic stress or acute severe stress that can happen also negatively affects your HPA axis. How that happens is any stressors kick out the cortisol and no matter what, cortisol always shuts down that hippocampus and therefore your HPA axis starts mis-signaling to all of your hormone secreting glands. And as a side note, when this happens, you actually activate either your left prefrontal cortex, which is in your frontal lobe, if it is kind of like a chronic, low-grade, middle-grade chronic stress, or your right prefrontal cortex, if it's a severe or like acute, really bad, like trauma type stress. And you're going to kind of land somewhere on that spectrum of the way that affects your prefrontal cortex. And that is the area that's in charge of attention and focus and impulse control. And so depending on what caused your stress, how long it's been going, you can have various symptoms that tie in with those symptoms as well. Impulse, attention, focus type of a thing. All of that just adds to the way that the missignaling in your brain can present for you in seemingly unrelated symptoms. So all of this messes up your HPA axis signaling. All of this decreases your tolerance to stress. It decreases your tolerance to trauma. So you're predisposed to like PTSD, basically. It doesn't take quite as much maybe for you to actually have PTSD symptoms as it would somebody who is not having this unideal development of their right brain and hippocampus or long-term cortisol excretion because the stress really messing up with your HPA axis and your, and your hippocampus. You can also have a predisposition to addiction because I mentioned that that cortisol messes up your hippocampus, but it also affects your prefrontal cortex. That's your impulse control. So you tend more to be predisposed to addiction and disassociation because you have unintegrated emotions. And so you either disassociate from the emotions, sometimes you disassociate from your feelings within your body. So you don't feel things in your body. I've run across that quite a bit. There's disassociation that can happen as almost like a protective mechanism for your survival. So those are all, I'm, I'm kind of done going down my rabbit hole of neurology here. I hope you were okay with that depth of knowledge, science, a little bit of depressing conversation there. What it all comes down to is I needed you to know all of that because I need you to understand why your brain can start to malfunction and it's signaling down to your hormone systems. So now that we covered that little rabbit hole, let's talk about what that looks like with your various hormones. So with your thyroid, oftentimes people have their doctors test their thyroid because they're certain they have thyroid issues and they come back and the doctor's like, it's it's within range, which number one, there's an ideal range and then there's a lab range, but I digress. Number two, oftentimes they really only look at certain markers and they're really trained to look at these markers because it helps them with knowing if you need medication and how to dose that medication. 
but they're not necessarily looking at those markers for things such as proper brain signaling. So you can look at TSH and your T4, total T4, and you can see, does that ratio look right? Because a lot of primary cares won't know to look for that ratio, but I can tell right off the bat if their brain is missignaling or not. And I'm going to go ahead and tell you in a little bit here some of the ways that you can look at symptoms and decide if you're having a brain signaling problem or not. So even if you don't have a cooperative primary care or you don't have access to the tests, you'll get a pretty good idea. So that is with your thyroid. Okay, so the next one would be your sex hormones. As I said at the beginning, it isn't normal to have really bad PMS. It just isn't. We think it's normal in our society, but it's not. The same with menopausal symptoms or perimenopause symptoms. It is not normal to have big, huge swings and absolute dysfunction. Like I cannot function during your perimenopausal years. And there is a time and a place for sex hormones. But I just want to open up the thought process to the fact that Generations ago, we didn't have sex hormones, bioidentical sex hormones or whatever that we could give to our grandparents or great grandparents. That didn't happen. Were they suffering? Probably some of them were, but I don't think it's as common as it is today. And part of the way I like to look at it is, yes, there's a time for that. And it's used way too much. If the brain signaling was going well, I think that oftentimes people wouldn't actually need it. But trust me, if I had someone walking in my door that said, I'm in menopause now. And since I hit menopause, I can't remember a darn thing. I swear I'm getting Alzheimer's. I would have their estrogen checked right away and put them on estrogen because there's actually menopause triggered dementia from a serious dip in estrogen levels. There's a time and a place for it. I'm just saying that a one-size-fits-all approach does not necessarily need to happen. That would be what I have to say about the sex hormones, the blood sugar. One really common way I know that somebody's brain is missignaling, and I can see this on the lab with their LDH marker, if you want like black or white, I can see that someone's brain is missignaling if they tell me I eat and I immediately want sweets, or I eat and gosh, I just want to take a nap right away. What happens there? Well, when you eat, your blood sugar goes up, and that's normal. But your brain is supposed to detect that blood sugar going up and say, okay, pancreas, let's kick out so much insulin at this pace, you know, give it the instructions, basically. And then your pancreas kicks out insulin and it's supposed to bring your blood sugar back to baseline. If your brain is missignaling, oftentimes what happens is you eat, your blood sugar goes up. Okay, that's normal. Then your brain signals down to your pancreas incorrectly and the insulin hypercorrects your blood sugar and you go too low below baseline. And when that happens, my friends, your body is like, Either I need a nap because what it's really saying is I'm losing fuel. Glucose is fuel. I'm losing fuel. I better conserve fuel. Go to sleep. Or it's saying I'm low on glucose. Feed me something sweet stat. 
Okay. This is the, one of the best ways to tell if your hormones are being missignaled to by your brain. Okay. And then let's see, we covered your thyroid. We covered your sex hormones. We covered your pancreas, your adrenals. You can try all the adrenal cleanses, supports, diets, lifestyle stuff under the sun until you're blue in the face. If your adrenals are getting the wrong signal from your brain or you're stuck in fight or flight mode or both and both, (laughs) you're never going to feel rejuvenated, rested, calm, not anxious. You're just not going to, you're not going to have proper energy. So if you've been knocking at the adrenal door for a really long time and you'll get nowhere, suspect your brain. I am going to include in the show notes today, a questionnaire that has thyroid questions, sex hormone questions, blood sugar questions, and adrenal questions. I want you to go ahead and enter your email address to get access to that questionnaire. The questionnaire is going to help you decide if you only have thyroid symptoms, but the rest of the questionnaire is all clear, you probably have a thyroid problem. If you only have blood sugar issues on the symptom questionnaire, but the thyroid, the adrenal, the sex hormones, those are all clear, you probably strictly have an adrenal issue. But if you go and you fill out that questionnaire and you've got all four marked up, you might be participating in the story of fight or flight and the messed up hormones. So I highly encourage you to get that questionnaire. Also, if this does apply to you and you think you may have this brain signaling issue, you think you may be stuck in fight or flight, which is perpetuating this brain signaling issue, I would encourage you to go back to my very first three podcast episodes that talk to you about the basics of being stuck in fight or flight mode so that you can get your feet underneath you on what you can do to address this situation and hopefully make it so that your brain is signaling correctly and all of the orchestra of your hormones can actually sound harmonious again and not like a fourth grade band class. Thanks again for listening and going down the uh, deep science dive with me. I hope it resonated with you. And if this is the case with you and your hormones that you are able to get yourself out of this loop and out of this cycle and on to better days ahead. If you have a friend who could benefit from this information, go ahead and screenshot this episode of the podcast and send it their way. Sharing is caring. And I hope you all have a healthier tomorrow and happy brain signaling ahead. Bye-bye.